Hi, it's Larry Herb, Xbox's Major Nelson. Welcome to the official Xbox podcast. What a week for you this week. Not one, but two special guests. And we're, let me bring them in here. Just a minute here. Let me hit this little button. Voila, there they are. Malik, of course, on the left. You know Malik, who has uh, been on the show before. We call him Malik of the Week. He's back. And over on the right, we have a brand new person, Kelly Lombardi, who works on our uh, games marketing team. Hi, Kelly. Hi, so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you on the show. Of course, you're streaming all the time. Tell us a little bit about what you do. People may recognize your name or your face from other places, but tell us about (laughs) your day job. Yeah, so uh, my day job is a product marketing manager on the Global Games team. So I get to work on publishing titles, which are super fun, exciting, and uh, recently shipped as Dusk Falls. If you haven't played it, go check it out. It's uh, super fun. (laughs) It's on Game Pass. Uh, very fun narrative adventure, multiplayer. Um, it's just a really great story-driven experience. So um, that was a lot of fun to work on. And then, uh, yeah, as part of my side hustles, uh, I also host FanFest with the one and only Malik and yep. then um, stream on our Xbox Twitch channel each week. So uh, lots of different hats, but you're doing a, a great doing job for us, so thank you. It's always good to <laughs> see you. Yeah. And then actually, we're going to be, you guys are doing a fan fest. Unfortunately, if you if you didn't sign up for it, you'll miss it. But we're doing one this weekend. Um, I think I'm going to mm-hmm. pop in on that for a little bit. I'm going to crash your little party you, got, you guys got going on there. But that's why I wanted to get you on, because like I say, we love getting different voices of different people that work across the Xbox business. And certainly Malik works on some fun stuff. We all work on fun stuff. We work on video games. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah. it's, it's, we're so lucky. We're so lucky. But uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 fun to have you on here, and we're going to start right off about kind of what we're playing this week. Malik, why don't we start with you? Okay, yeah. You know, one of these ways, one of these ways. Um, I just want to take a step back, actually, uh, or just give kudos to Kelly. Oh, oh hold on a minute, the, hold on a minute. Oh, on. yeah. It's back. We have to address the uh, <laughs> vacuum in the room. The vacuum. Uh, this way. <laughs> um, so the first time, or the last time I was on the show, I believe I had my vacuum in the background, which by the way is a Dyson, very expensive. So you know what? I might as well show it. I was just to, say, you're like doing it was a flex. Yeah, he's flexing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yes. look at this vacuum. Um, but it was actually bad, uh, bad luck because my dog, who uh, is blind and deaf, he's he's an older dog. He actually ran into it. It fell and it broke the top off of it. Oh no! Um, but oh, I had no. to, I had to put it. Yeah way to bring the the mood of the show down but i had to actually put it back up because you know continuity purposes at this point it's a supporting uh act did, did you get it fixed? Here, I think. uh no because no i mean i don't know who do you take a, a vacuum to it i don't know here's a little clue a lot of people yeah. don't know this here in uh, on the east side of seattle there's a dyson repair center in kirkland i'll tell you about that on the air and this is what they do so it's it's i've well, been Larry, a couple times if, if the vacuum was like, I think $400, $600, however much it is, I can't imagine what the cost is going to yeah, be to repair it. You're so on your gonna, own there, pal. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it. But um, I did want to take a step back and yeah. uh, talk about Atlas Falls. I think that's like my game of the year. Uh, kudos to Kelly and the team over at Interior Night. Like, it is an amazing story. If you haven't played it again, like Larry mentioned, it's on Game Pass. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the best, some of the best writing in any game that I've ever played, decision-based game, choice-based game, because it really does, your, your choices, even the, the ones that aren't like the big choices affect the outcome of the game. So yeah. just kudos to that. And also it's uh, this past week was N7 Day, which if you're a Mass Effect fan, you may know. So I had my Mortis, who is a Solarian in the game. Uh, I think Mass Effect is the best trilogy in video game storytelling uh and so do, i just do, wanted do to remember that do you remember the segment where you could go in and go down a specific part of the dialogue tree and have him do the dancing segment do you remember that oh yeah <laughs> i always danced in every in everything um there's like a reporter scene which is a little 
anyway, there's a lot of moments in in in, in that game that yeah. kind of live in video game infamy, so to speak. But yeah. um, so yeah, shout out to Mass Effect and the team over at Bioware. But uh, yeah, for me, uh, you know, can we always talk about the Apex Legends? I know, I know, at this point, but but I will say. Every time I'm on the show, there's a reason to talk about it. So obviously they just launched a new season with a new character, actually the first trans character in the game, uh, which is cool. Um, Catalyst, I believe her name is. Um, and then I, uh, and the new season, new map, brand new map, Broken Moon. I think it's one of the best maps that they've put I've gotta out I've got to get so back far. into it. I, mean, I, you, I keep it. threatening to play with you, but I haven't had a chance to do that yet. <laughs> it is a threat. No, Join, honestly, join our squad. Uh, do you play, Kelly? There you go. Yeah, right, um, Malik and I played on stream last week and got a dub for our last game. Uh, it was so much yeah. fun. We there had a blast. Go. Nice work. Yep. Nice work. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Kelly has 59 days in the game. I have like 75 days in the game together. That is <laughs> and it, wild amount of hours in that game. So I played that. But then I also uh, kind of went back and started playing a game that I really loved playing. One of the first games that actually hit Game Pass Which back is? in the day, and I believe it's still in it. It is City Skylines. I know, I know. Um, it's like one of those games that you don't expect too many people to play. But I grew up playing SimCity 3000, SimCity 4. In a past lifetime, I was the mayor of a city. Uh, I, I can't say that I'm doing a great job running my city. They're all in need of water, clean water. Uh, and uh, the ambulances, you can kind of see them going around, picking up the, the bodies. So there's a lot of activities. Them to, let's just say I'm not doing a great job, but I love the game. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's it, not that you're not doing a great job, Malik. Just look at it this way. Okay. Okay. Plen- plenty of opportunity. Look at it that way. <laughs> to improve. You know what, Larry, I appreciate you giving me that, uh, that out there, but, uh, I love that game. It's one of those that you can kind of sink hours into yeah. and, and like they just fly by. And so those, that's kind of been what I've been playing. And, and obviously I'm looking forward to, uh, Pentiment, which is coming out soon. And then, of course, a uh, high on life coming out next month. I cannot wait. So there's a lot that I'm just waiting to play here in the very near future. We've got, uh, you know, I've started playing Pentiment. I can't really talk about it because it's under embargo, but I started playing that a couple nights ago. Beautiful art coming to Xbox. Yeah. Pass. High on life. We're going to get Justin on the show. He's a friend of the show. We're going to get him on the what? show. Uh, so we'll, nice. he's going to be here to join us hopefully in a few weeks. But uh, Kelly, what about you? you? You you tell me you're playing Apex. What else are you playing? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot to unpack with what, Malik just kind of laid out, but we'll we'll revisit that at a later date. Uh, for me, I have been playing on Game Pass um, a lot of Two Point Campus. Um, I find it's just like a really relaxing sim game, and they just did like a Halloween event where everything that um, you could place was like decorated with pumpkins and like there were little bat decals on the windows and little spiders in the showers. So they did a really great job of kind of like a little spooky Halloween yeah. event and really enjoyed that. Um, now, do, but yeah, you, it's one of those games. Of like, Sims? like, do you, do you like the, the farming simulator, the lawn, the power washing simulator? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I spent an unhealthy amount of time in power wash simulator and also house flipper. Yeah. Um, House Flipper was my jam for a long time. Uh, I tend to kind of be all over the place. I also have recently jumped back into Sea of Thieves. Yes. Um, Are you a legend? Pirate legend? Mm-hmm. Pirate legends represent. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and, you know, wow. they've been putting out seasons and content. And every time I jump in, there's like new things to explore. So big fan yep. of that as well. Um, also, you know, got to do my dailies in Disney Dreamlight Valley. Um also on Game Pass. I got to check what's in the store every day. I got to harvest my pumpkins. 
uh, not trying to like flex too much, but since Malik did with his vacuum, I am a Disney Dreamlight Valley millionaire, um, thanks to my pumpkin farm. You can, so, you can afford two, two of those vacuums. <laughs> I could buy two Dysons. Um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of what I've been diving into. A mix of heavy shooter action with Apex, uh, some low-key simulators, and then... Uh, the Disney Dreamlight Valley. So oh, yeah, got a, sounds like a nice rounded. I, I, I actually started playing. I'm back into Halo. Of course, they shipped the big update mm-hmm. this week. Their winter yeah. update got co-op yeah. uh, uh, network uh, campaign co-op. So started doing a little bit of that. I got a couple of new maps, some modes. Of course, Forge. Really looking forward Forge. to seeing what the what the community is gonna gonna bust out with some of the some of the Forge action. Do that. I finished the Call of Duty campaign. So that nice. Was, uh, so did I. Yeah. It was awesome. That was fun. It was weird because all of a sudden I'm like, okay, we're doing a driving level. Okay, I guess we're crafting now, right? <laughs> so was, yeah, like what game is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> through, you just start crafting and you're like, yeah, what game is it? But that that campaign <laughs> mm-hmm. is so good. Uh, I haven't actually played a, a Call of Duty campaign since the original Modern Warfare 2 okay. uh, way back in the day. And yeah, I, I was very surprised and I, I had to ask myself, like, have I been missing out on such an amazing campaign? Like, no spoilers, obviously, but there's like levels where you're like hanging from a helicopter upside down, uh, yeah. trying to take out people. It's, it's and a it's Michael just like, movie. It is 100%. It 100% is, yeah. So let's say finish that. Of course, been playing Overwatch 2, um, kind of going through that and kind of making sure I've got all my all my challenges and everything in there. So that's kind of what I've been playing this week. It's, it's been, a, it's yeah. been a good, you know, November's historically a very busy week for gaming and, and this is no exception. So it's, uh, we're going to, we're looking forward to the coming weeks, but we're going to talk about news yeah. right now. Malik, I think since Jeff is out, I'm going to have you handle the news, the news, uh, the oh, news yeah. desk, if you don't mind. So why don't you pop up and let us know what's going on? Yeah, well, not too much news. I, I think the one thing I wanted to focus on is Xbox and Marvel teaming up together to help, uh, you know, launch Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is in theaters as you're watching yes. this today, uh, November 11th. Super exciting. Um, obviously, the first Black Panther, huge success. It's one of the most successful movie franchises in Marvel history. And this one is going to be, I'm sure, no different. Very excited to, uh, to watch it. And I don't even watch movies typically. and I'm, I'm pumped to watch it. But yes, we did launch uh, a partnership with Marvel uh, to kind of help launch the game, uh, launch the movie. Um, And a lot of what you'll see in the wire piece is about uh, Xbox and Marvel teaming up um, to, you know, promote and help foster STEM uh, industries. So that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, um, specifically in the black community. And so we've talked about things like Project Amplify and, you know, really the goal to get more uh, black devs, devs into gaming. And so this is just another opportunity to utilize the theme of the movie to kind of get folks, uh, specifically black folks into, uh, you know, those STEM industries. Uh, And there's a number of different things going on. I would say, I will say the coolest thing, and you'll see it on the, uh, on Xbox Wire is the console that is um, going out to a few select people. Um, It is just designed really well. It's an Xbox Series X. You can kind of see it on on news at xbox.com. It has the, uh, you know, the Wakanda Forever, uh, the salute uh, as as controller holders. Oh, is it? Do you see it? Yeah, as uh, controller holders. uh, It's just a really cool partnership. And um, I know Marvel, they take a lot of pride when they team up with with companies. And I know that this is this is no different. And like I said, at the top of this, one of the most important parts that they wanted to ensure that we were part of, obviously being in the gaming industry, is that focus on the culture and making sure that we 
um, spotlight um, those STEM industries. And and uh, so it's just a really great partnership. And like I said, I'm excited to see the movie November 11th. It's coming out. So, yeah. Sweet. That's I mean, those that's the big. I mean, there's, great. So, there's so many other t- things. And you can go to news.xbox.com and check. Do you have any other headlines you want to hit or we'll just tell people to go self Um <laughs> I mean, I think we, we, I think our history untold was one of those games that kind of was showcased this summer at the at the uh, Xbox, but as a game showcase, right. um, the technical right. technical alpha uh, just started, and so you can join their insider program. I think that's going to be really exciting as that game launches next year. It's not a game that I would historically try back in the days, but I think because of Game Pass, because of you know just the accessibility that game pass offers it's yeah. one that i'm really excited to actually pick up and, and get more into and so that is also on xbox wire so check it out for details on how to join also uh we talked about call of duty a moment ago warzone 2.0 is arriving november 16th so season one looking forward to that did you guys play any of the original warzone yeah i did kelly was I did. Um, I found it very hard to switch back and forth between Warzone and Apex. Um, yeah, a few of my squad mates can confirm I threw a lot of accidental grenades at people. Um, and just like the pacing is different. Like I always wanted gamer. to like rush in and fight. And it's like, no, you got to sneak by, like stop making so much noise. Right. So um, yeah, I had a lot of fun though. Um, I will say not that great in the Gulag. Um well, they, they updated Didn't the gulag if you and often so, win. So we've got to go in there. They, there's now apparently the gulag is much more gulagy. I don't know, but they should. Okay. Uh, they've got some cool stuff in there that I'm, I'm aware of. So check it out. That's coming November 16th. Uh, so just kind of it's kind of fun because they shift it after the you know the Call of Duty the multiplayer and the campaign a few weeks later. So we got to kind of get get in on that. And now we'll kind of kind of give it a second second gust of wind as it were. Yeah, that um, game needs all the yeah. support it can get. No studio, <laughs> you know. Uh, one more piece of news, Malik. Yeah. Um, we mentioned it earlier in the show, but we do have Fan Fest tomorrow. That's right. Um, and even yeah. though you would have had to register for trivia earlier this week, we are streaming it on Twitch for the first time ever. So even if you're not participating in trivia, you can still watch the show keep an eye out for special guests (laughs) yeah you can uh practice for like the next time we do trivia so you can get a feel for what the questions are um so we're very excited to be able to bring in even more of the community and um it's not going to be a closed event so very excited for that twitch.tv slash xbox make sure you tune in to see malik and i um what's the time time on saturday 2 p.m pacific yeah five o'clock yeah 2 p.m pacific I will say, uh, we, you mentioned Kelly, a uh, special guest, and I'll get into the special guest in just a second because I think you might recognize one of them. Um, but I, I will say, like, <laughs> FanFest trivia was born out of obviously, we've been doing FanFest in person for years and years prior to the pandemic. Um, but last year was, or 2020, when we were launching uh, the consoles, was the first time that we had to do it virtually. Uh, right. We did a FanFest trivia yeah. out of the studios. Uh, didn't go super great, uh, uh, but you know, uh, in 2020, but we in 2021, we brought it back. We were learning. We got rid of the the person that really ruined it, which was, he was on the show last week, Ethan. Um, so after we got rid of him, really it worked out perfectly. Him under the bus? No, yeah. He's my, he's my best. Ethan he's tripped learning, over so the cord and no one could figure out what went wrong, but it was Ethan's fault yeah. for sure. 
Okay. A hundred percent, but it's going to be great. I, okay. <laughs> he's used to it, but he gives it back. But I, I think it's going to be great. It's again, like trivia is a real great opportunity. And, and I will say from that first year, what was really apparent is that the Xbox fans, especially the FanFest fans yeah. are so understanding. I had never received mm-hmm. so much love for how we handled those technical issues. And it just goes to show that um, those like our the Xbox game, uh, players and fans are just super True. supportive, and so we're excited this Saturday to have a great time. Like Kelly mentioned, even if you're not haven't registered to play the game, uh, you know register for fan, fan fest, which you should for future events, you'll be able to watch for the first time ever on Twitch uh, and join along in the fun and still answer some of the questions on your own. But uh, I'm I'm super looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, just to be clear, the folks that signed up, some of them, a lot of people signed up, but we selected a random number of them will join us that can participate and win prizes. So, but if you, if basically it's basically those people that are going to participate and maybe win prizes, or you can just show up and watch the, yeah. watch the fun. So that's, that's yeah. kind of the, that's kind of the difference. Uh, yeah, that's right. And then you're going to be, and to, speaking of guests, which no one was speaking of just now, but I'll just bring it up. Um, we have special guests and major Nelson right here. Uh, is going to be one of them I'm gonna come in crash. studio. You guys are crashing my party this week. I'm going to crash your party this weekend. Let's look at it that way. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. No, it's, yeah. it's I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And we'll, I'm actually, I'll be in studio, which will be the first time in quite some time. So I'm looking forward to returning to the studio. Uh, but anyway, FanFest, as as Kelly pointed out, twitch.tv forward slash Xbox and follow me. Follow any of us on Twitter. You can see our Twitter handles below there and we'll we'll be tweeting it out as well. So keep that in mind. Anyway, hey, we got some interviews here. Kelly, would you mind doing the honors and getting us into the interviews? Yes, absolutely. So we have two super fun interviews this week. Uh, Larry Major Nelson got to spend time with two folks. Uh, and we're very excited to share this with you. One, we have so much flight sim goodness happening this week. And so Jorg Newman uh, sat down with Larry to kind of talk about some of that news. And then we also have Takashi Zuka from Sonic Frontiers, who took the time to uh, chat with Major Nelson about what they have going on. So uh, let's get into it. Very excited. Sonic Frontiers is out this week. And joining us is Takashi Izuki, who is the Sonic series producer. Takashi-san, welcome to the official Xbox podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to talk to you about Sonic. I've been a Sonic fan for many, many years, capturing those gold rings and having fun. Tell us a little bit about Sonic Frontiers, a uh, brand new game that's out, and, and, and what it brings to the Sonic franchise. Hi. Now, I will speak in Japanese. So, uh, no, Sonic, Frontiers. Yes. Sonic Frontiers is the next game in the series after 2017's release of Sonic Forces by the Sonic team. And what they did is took the linear format of Sonic games and expanded on it to create this open zone gameplay that really brings freedom into the Sonic universe. We looked at Sonic is always about beautiful environments and going very, very fast with your shoes. Tell us what what opening up the, the play area to create more of an open like world. What does that bring for the Sonic franchise? Yes, for the open zone format, we've kind of taken what used to be the linear time attack way of playing the game, of needing to get to the end of the finish line as fast as possible, and we've opened it up to now have Sonic run around wherever he wants. You can do 3D actions in whatever direction you want, you can battle enemies, you can run around and collect items. Because there's so many places to go and so much to do, we're allowing the players to do more 
and they get to choose what they want to do, which is one of the key formats of this new free open zone gameplay. I want to talk a little bit about the the battle system that we see with uh, Sonic. Tell us what what that is and how how folks are going to use it. Hi, so the series up until now has really been focused on that linear gameplay, and it was always like pressing one button to do a homing attack to defeat the enemy to get to the end of the level as fast as you could. And because that was the game style, we couldn't really engage in battle with the enemy. We always had to keep moving forward. But with the open zone format that we have, we now have the opportunity to place these really large enemies that will be really complex and require time to defeat. We can put them in the world and give the players the opportunity to engage in that battle or choose not to engage in the battle and simply run away. So this allows us not only to put these enemies onto the map, but also allows us to give players the freedom to engage or not engage depending on how they want to play the game. One thing that we also uh, have seen now with this is there's a skill tree upgrades. Mm -hmm. So there's a very different strategy, as you said, when you're in in older Sonic games, you would just run to the end and press A. But there's now quite strategy and there's some complexity to it. What is it like introducing that complexity Mm -hmm. into into, uh, our favorite uh, hedgehog? Yes, we, in the past, we've had players enable to you know, kind of level up Sonic the way they want to. But this is really the first time we've included it in a battle system. And because we have the open zone format, we now have the freedom to run around and play the game however you want. And this enables us to let players who want to decide, I want to focus on battling enemies, you can level up Sonic with more battle action. Other people who just want to have a high-speed action running around Sonic experience, they can now choose to level up Sonic in a high-speed action format. And we're allowing the users to customize and really improve their skills based off what they want to do in the game, whether it's to battle enemies or really get into the high-speed action. When... You've been around the Sonic franchise for many, many years, and you give us, you've given us many, you and your team has given us many, many wonderful Sonic memories. Um, how does it feel for you to, to have Sonic break out of the 2D format and now be able to really realize Sonic in, 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 much more, in a much more exciting palette? Hi. Yes, you're exactly right. When I joined the company and started working on Sonic games, this was Sonic on the Genesis. This was a 2D classic format. That was really the first generation of Sonic content until 1998 when Sonic Adventure came out and we took the step to the 3D environment. That was really the second generation of Sonic content. But now we're we're seeing with Sonic Frontiers, we've expanded on that 3D world to run around in and created the open zone format. And this open zone format is that next step. This is the third generation of Sonic gameplay that's being created. I know that you know Sonic fans, new and old alike, are excited about the game. It's now available. You're on a bunch. You're on many, many, many different platforms, which is really exciting to see. You're on PlayStation, PlayStation Five, Four, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch. I mean, Steam. It must be wonderful to to be able to have Sonic. You know this this lovely hedgehog that we've all grown in love now available on so many platforms. That that must be really exciting for the team. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that goes exactly into kind of our the phrase that we keep in our hearts is really Sonic everywhere. We want Sonic to be everywhere for everyone. 
no matter what platform you're on, no matter where you're at, you can experience Sonic, whether it's in the game format even, or talking about TV animated series, the movie, licensed goods. We really want everyone everywhere to be able to experience Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, I know that, as I said earlier, folks are really excited to play Sonic Frontiers. There's two variations available. We have the standard edition, which is a mm -hmm. physical or digital. And then you have the deluxe edition, which has all sorts of it's got the digital main game and a treasure box and some other great stuff. So very excited. Sonic Frontiers available right now. Really appreciate everything you've done for us over the years, uh, Takashi-san. And I appreciate uh, this this version of Sonic as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 40 years of Microsoft Flight Simulator, really exciting uh, anniversary coming up. Actually happening right now, Jorg Newman, the GM of Microsoft Flight Sim, is joining us. Jorg, great to have you back on the show. Great to see you. So uh, happy to be here. 40 years. That's unbelievable. I mean, this, so I, a lot of people like to point this out, and I'll point it out as well. It's older <laughs> than Microsoft Windows. <laughs> it is. Windows, Office, they're all children. Flight Sim came first. <laughs> Compared to Flight Sim. First of all, big, big update this week. A lot of things going on for the 40th anniversary. We're going to talk about the Spruce Goose. That's why you and I are dressed up in these crazy leather outfits, a very Howard Hughes-esque like. I need the, the pencil mustache and about $7 billion in the bank um, to, to make it really relevant. But but I want to talk about the 40th anniversary because this is, a, this is an ex again, exciting moment for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Any game that gets to 40 years is extraordinary. And, and I mean, it's not a game. I know I'm not supposed to call it a game, but a lot of people do. So apologies for that. But uh, tell us about the big update that's out for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, so yeah, I was just, look, people always ask me, are there any other games that are 40 years? I'm like, yeah, Pong, Pong, Pong yeah. went, got 50. But I think we're sort of in the in the 10, 10 most uh, longest running franchises. Yeah, I mean, the, the 40th anniversary edition, honestly, it's been, it's been such a ride. We've come out in 2020, as you know, and uh, you know, we we promised right at the get go. We said, "Hey, we're going to support this," and I made a bold statement. I said, "I'm going to support this every month," and we've been at it for I think 26 months now, and we did 27 updates in those 26 months. So it's been it's been quite a ride, including things like world updates, sim updates, the Top Gun update, the Pelican. We had tons of fun. We brought it to Xbox. We brought it to xCloud and now called Xbox Everywhere to really make this accessible to everyone. So as we approached the uh, the 40th anniversary edition, we said, um, now we need to do something really special. I mean, how many how many simulations or games uh, really ever get to this milestone? And, and, and I did what I always do first. I basically said, let's see what the community wants. Yep. And the community had three things that were sort of at the top of their list. It was um, helicopters, gliders, and what they call a uh true to life air, airliner okay and uh we so we added all those we said yep got to do that and then on top of that i looked sort of behind me you know my my big board <laughs> of microsoft flight simulator installments and i said we also really need to celebrate our franchise and what we stand for and what yep. we stand for is we typically start at mixed field for example if you played flight sim in the past you know that and, i remember, and we I remember that. seeing the, the the in the on little on my uh the ibm pc clone so we had a clone uh, yeah. And it was a green, you know, the green screen and seeing the what was then the Sears Tower kind of going back and forth like this, right? That was exciting. <laughs> it was so cool. Like, so Chicago, exactly. So we're like, okay, we need to get that. And then, so we had sort of this idea of 
should we do some other airports that don't exist anymore? And there's another famous one, Kai Tak in, 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 um, Hong Kong that was closed in, I think, 1989. And then now, we. Now that's the one for those of you that have seen the videos on YouTube where the, the, the approach path was like you would aim towards a mountain. And then I, I've never flown into it. I don't know if you have, but then it was like mm -hmm. a hard left, correct? And you go within, frankly, hundreds of feet of some apartment buildings. That's right. You go straight. There's all these famous shots of airliners <laughs> going straight over the buildings. Like, so we had to, we had to go back to that. And then we, um, we wanted to have first flight just to celebrate the Wright brothers and, and, you know, really do it right. So we did that. And then another airport. But the, the real thing was we wanted to go back to sort of the substance of Flight Sim 10 and Flight Sim 9. And Flight Sim 9 was famous because it had celebrated, it was called Century of Flight. Mm -hmm. It had celebrated 100 years of flight. And it had some of the most famous planes ever made, like the, the Wright Flyer, the Spirit of St. Louis, the DC-3, and, and those types of like big monumental planes. And we said, let's go do make all those. So I, I got into contact with the Smithsonian Museum um, and they helped no, us minute, with a wait scan. A minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to yeah, ask yeah. you this question. Oh, yeah. you, you, you get in contact. What do you pick up the phone and say, hey, could we come down and I don't know, do you scan them? I mean, how do you capture an existing, some of the, some of which exist like the Spirit of St. Louis, you know, at the Air and Space Museum and some don't like the, hel like the Halo Pelican, but how do you go about taking a real life aircraft and bringing it into the game or bringing the simulator? We scan it. So with the Smithsonian in particular, I mean, it's the Smithsonian, right? right. So they, they actually have some scans, super top-notch, like sub-millimeter scans that they made available to us. So the Spirit of St. Louis, I don't know if you know that, like Lindbergh flew it, and then he fl flew it over the Atlantic, flew back, landed it in Washington, and it's been in the Smithsonian since 1928 or something. Right. And it was mostly hanging on the ceiling forever and ever. Then right. it came down once, and then they did a scan. And that's the scan we ended up using. We talked about doing a new scan, and it was just too scary. The, the, the plane is, is a little bit uh, sensitive, let's Fragile. put it that way, at this yeah. point in time. But the, but the Wi-Fi and others, we basically go in with hand scanners, go into the cockpit, scan everything, and we get these thousands of point clouds. And those point clouds then get connected into a, into a 3D mesh. So it is literally as accurate as you can make these aircraft. Now, you, you and, talk about scanning yeah. them in. I mean, it's not like you walk over to the scanner on your on your desk and <laughs> I mean, this is some crazy 3D technology, right? With lasers and all that stuff. There's two different types of scanners. There's a hand scanner that right. allows you to go into small places. And then there's the big um, some archaeological sites scanners where you basically take something above the aircraft right. and you scan it from the top. It's crazy, but cool. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, you, we talked, you talked about, you know, leaning back on some of the, 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 the previous versions of flight simulator. And there have been quite a few as is evident by the, by behind you, but yep. there's also a lot of really cool stuff coming for this update. That's for the 40th anniversary. We talked about helicopters, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, so this is, this is in my mind, the 40th anniversary edition, it's the best and most comprehensive edition of flight sim ever made. Like, so there are seven classic planes and we'll talk about the spruce goose here. Yeah. Our outfit in the, just a little bit to join us to talk about that I know. as well. I know, but um, yeah, I mean, going back to to the helicopters and gliders, they've been in versions in the past. Um, I would say pretty simply, you know, it was simple how they were done. Yeah. Uh, for the new one, we basically Sobo had to write rewrite a lot of, of of technology. But basically, there's a new rotor simulation where you have essentially hundreds of control surfaces across the rotor rotor blades because they bend. Uh, the new airflow dynamic system had to be written. 
and a whole bunch of specific things that only helicopters really really have they're completely right. in many ways completely different from 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 fixed wing aircraft and then then with gliders to make that work across the planet because we obviously have the entire planet we had to add to our throw that out there we (laughs) obviously have the entire planet we have the entire planet (laughs) which is super cool but it means we have to make everything work everywhere so basically we 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 know obviously what the we know what the terrain is because we we draw it we also know when it rained last um and we know where the sun is we know the angle of the sun so we know roughly what the lux levels are because we also know what the you know, with the particles on the atmosphere. So we have a very accurate atmospheric simulation. And that allows us to basically have the sun hit the ground. And then depending on what the ground is, there's either a lot of thermal updraft or there isn't. You know, over water, there's almost nothing. It's, it absorbs just about everything. Yeah. On, a fo- and on a forest, it absorbs a lot. That's why it's green. In a city, not so much, right? There's impervious cover. It literally comes in and goes straight back out. So when you when you learn that as a glider pilot, you sort of learn the tells, right? You look, you look for some clouds, you look what the birds are doing, and you can sort of see where the thermals are. But in our sim, given that we think quite a few people are experiencing gliders for the first time, just you and the wind, we actually have a, an option where you can turn that on. You can see the wind drawn, essentially, and you can sort of see how the thermals really work. And it's a fascinating new way to learn about the planet, really. Yeah. We talked about uh, we got helicopters, you have gliders, you have the Airbus A310 in there, which is uh, which is an amazing, amazing uh, creature for lack of a yeah. That one, that one, we we actually partnered with a expert company. As a matter of fact, like that, we could talk about this a little bit. We a lot of what we did here with the 40s were partnerships. Like we talked about museums, we worked with a company that has been making helicopters for a long time called Nemeth Design. We also partnered with the manufacturer that makes the aircraft the helicopter so they we had full access to their test pilots and their test data and then on the airliner none of us you know <laughs> none of us are airliner pilots but so we 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 partnered with a team they're called INI bills out of london and they have made the a310 before and they know a lot about it and several of them are actually a310 pilots there's only i think 74 a310s left so with that you can basically true to life just means that in the when you're in the cockpit, pretty much every button does exactly what it does in the real world. So you right. can really dive, and it's it's unbelievably complex. So um, I have a ton of respect for 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 aircraft for airliner pilots, and and I think now we are very very close to being something that is true to life. Let's speaking of true to life, let's talk about probably one of the most famous aircraft uh, in the world, and I'm going to show it right now. That is the Spruce Goose. This is an amazing engineering feat that has incredible history there it is right there in flight simulator this was now available in flight simulator right now and i'm so excited because a lot of people don't know this like forever a lot of people it was built in southern california right and mm-hmm. it was it was a, an attraction for for quite a bit of time it was in a dome next to the queen mary but then a few years ago, when I say a few, like 20 years ago, it found a new home, didn't it, York? It did. It and, did. And tell us about that, because this is this is actually a great moment, isn't it? It is a great moment. Yeah, it was, it was about a year and a half ago that I got a phone call from someone. It was basically a cold phone call. Somebody said, hey, I am, I think it was Barry, uh, from the Evergreen Museum in Oregon, and we have the Spruce Goose. And do you want it in flight sim? And I said, <laughs> yeah. Of course I do. And I had, I, like you, I kind of had lost track of it. I knew about it, obviously famous plane, right. but I thought it was still in California. Or frankly, I didn't know where it was. Where so was. my God was I surprised. And, and, and it's a 
fascinating story behind it. And I think we have another guest. We certainly do. Let me hit a button here. Bring in uh, Tyson Weinart. Tyson, you are the uh, CEO. Uh, You are the head of uh, this president and CEO of Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum, which is where the Spruce Goose is is finally at, I don't want to say at rest because it sounds like it's dead, but where it's currently residing. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, and it is a pleasure to be here. Uh, first of all, tell us about a little bit about the Spruce Goose journey briefly for those folks that may not be aware, like like Jorg and I were not. Its journey up to becoming your in your care. Sure, the Spruce Goose was uh, selected to moved to McMinnville, Oregon, uh, in a competitive process in 1991, then prepared for move, started its journey uh, in September, October of 92, and then eventually arrived in McMinnville, specifically on February 27th, 1993. And so as the universe would have it, amazing coincidences are all aligning in such a special way right now with the 75th anniversary of the Spruce Goose's first and only flight, the 30th anniversary of the Spruce Goose's move to McMinnville, the 40th anniversary of Flight Simulator, and the 120th anniversary celebration of flight itself. So this is an exciting time to be connected to the world of aviation. And as a former helicopter pilot myself, it is an honor to be here and be, be a part of the ride. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you must be excited because, as you heard, Jorg has. We have helicopters now in flight sim. Do you have you? Did you play flight simulator growing up? Or tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you you mentioned you're a real pilot. I have a, a little bit of experience with it. Uh, but fortunately, with my military training, we were exposed to the actual simulators that we were required to uh, to maintain our proficiency with. Well, some of us plebes who weren't in the military, you know, we have to use regular, <laughs> regular off-the-shelf stuff, not the bespoke military. But it's, it's, you know, we talked about the Spruce Goose and bringing that in. What is bringing the Spruce Goose into Flight Simulator and now accessible to millions of people? What does that mean to you and your team down there at the museum? It is difficult to put into words how profound this impact will be. So as a museum, we want to position ourselves so that we can embrace all of our visitors and all um, anybody that's interested in the museum in general. We want to channel that curiosity into uh, providing that sense of courage that they can take their next step to do something more. And so that marriage of curiosity and courage come together through the story of Howard Hughes himself. Now that story is being told in an amazing fashion by Jorg and his team. And so to have that connection where people can read about the specs of the Spruce Goose on any number of web-based sources, and then choose your own adventure for where you might want to take the Spruce Goose in your own uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator experience, but then hopefully come see it in in its in its all of its glory at the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum, it crafts just such a compelling experience for people that we're so excited to share. When and and you're going to get to you in a minute because I've got a bunch of questions about this. But um, 
I want to talk about when people come to your museum, and I have not had the chance to go to it yet. Um, but do they actually do they get they get to see? But they don't get to go inside, right? Oh, you can definitely go inside. <laughs> okay, so you're yeah, that's part, of inside, it. that's part of a special obviously, tour. Obviously, one of the things you can't do, and that's what you can in flight simulators, you can fly this thing. York, what was it like to bring this aircraft in and have people be able to fly what was at that time the largest aircraft in the world? It's incredible. So first off, just to plug the museum a little, I was just there. And you have no comprehension. You have no comprehension how big this aircraft is. Right. So here it is. Voila. Now, by the way, the, you're, you're the, sitting the, under a replica of the spirit of, of St. Louis. That's and right. It. And then <laughs> you look at that one wing. So you walk around this museum. You're prepared to see yeah. a big aircraft. Yeah. But it's a mountain. You're literally like, oh, my God. Now, it compare, is, it is, compare it to like what people are flying today, whether it's, you know, they may remember the 747 or some of the larger aircraft that are that were in, in the sky. Well, it's bigger than that. But I mean, I, I would say it's it was as far as I remember, it was the biggest aircraft until 2000, I want to say nine or so, maybe this, or 19 even like right. the Strata launch, I think is bigger, but it's Tyson. Would know, like, right. yeah, but it's. Yeah, I mean, the, the Spruce Goose itself is from wingtip to wingtip is larger than uh, an American football field. Right. Okay. That's just put, just put a little bit of a put – that puts a fine point on it. One of the things I noticed when I was researching uh, the aircraft, Jorg, is that when Howard Hughes – flew, and this, this aircraft has only been flown once, right? It's only been yep. flown once, and then he put it in the, put it in the garage for many, many years. But – you know, a the spruce goose because it's made out of wood, and this was a wartime decision. If if and Tyson or or, uh, or uh, your please correct me if I'm wrong. So they wanted to make it out of wood, so that's why it's called the spruce goose. Therefore, it floats um, or help to float. But when you're flying this this aircraft, your the the pilot was really focused on you know flying it, but there was actually a flight engineer. How do you handle that in flight simulator where there's usually just one person in a session? I mean, are they doing pilot, co-pilot, and flight engineer, or how do you how do you kind of normalize that? Yeah, we do it all, and we have we have checklists and help that 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 help you fly it. But it's so I've flown it just obviously in the sim, and um, it it is it is quite it's quite accessible. I would say it's right. enormous. Just looking out of the window, just seeing the last engine is just kind of an interesting journey of the eye. Right. But it's 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 fun to fly, actually. It was, and as far as I know, yeah, it was made out of wood. But I think it was mostly because it was also a prototype. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the aircraft also, was supposed to be aluminum later. Yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead, Tyson. Yeah, just because of the wartime effort, metal was in such high demand. And when Howard Hughes discovered the strength and resiliency of Duramold. Uh, which mm-hmm. was a sophisticated plywood at the time. And he secured the intellectual property and the rights to Duramold to then be able to make the Spruce Goose. And so the reality is the Spruce Goose was um, more of a, a nickname. Uh, the actual wood inside is yellow birch, and that yellow birch was sourced from the state of Oregon. And so the idea that the Spruce Goose has come home to Oregon is a powerful story in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, I would know I was reading some flight fo- some flight forums online and folks back in the '90s when it, it was when you when you won the right to to call it a home up there. Some people were disappointed that it was leaving its home, but you you just pointed out in reality, its home is in Oregon, right? That's where that's where the wood was started. 
That's where the, the trees were sourced. And I'll, I'll leave it up to your listeners to determine where home might be a relative <laughs> of expression. Course, absolutely. That's right. Now, I also want to point out that certainly the Spruce Goose is one of the premier parts of your collection at your museum. Mm. What are some of the other um, parts of the collection that people maybe see when they go there? The SR-71 Blackbird right. is absolutely <laughs> breathtaking. It's of the remaining blackbirds on display, I believe our, my bias, of course, but uh, ours is in one of the best conditions uh, possible. And so we always welcome people uh, to have a chance to see that and experience that. And we'll have a few uh, events to support that later on this year in the summer. Um, but for the most part, we are engaged in celebrating a year long uh, effort for the Spruce Goose. There are so many critical dates that have come together uh, ahead of us that that really encapsulate that connection between being curious about something and then taking the having the courage to take action to do something about it. And those are the stories that we want to tell. We want to connect the human experience to the sophisticated aircraft and spacecraft that we feature at the at the Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum. It's, you know, have, having the spruce goose in there is something that I've been, I've always dreamed of seeing and I've never had the chance to see it. I'm, I'm hopefully going to come down and see it down when I, uh, when I visit you, but it's, it's, it's such an, uh, a thrill to see this important piece of aviation history that Jorg and his team are preserving and making accessible. Certainly you're preserving the real, real of it, but let's face it, this is more people are going to see it in simulator than unfortunately may see it in real life. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I may, there, like, it's, it's, it's fascinating, right? So basically, as I, as I've now traveled a lot to museums, Evergreen being, been a fantastic partner in this, I think there's a real common cause, which is preservation. And the preservation museums do is in the, is in the real world. And, and, and every time I come along and I say what we can do with flight sim, I think people start to realize that we can contribute and augment the preservation in the digital space. And, and you know, the tooth of time eats on things, right? It, it, yeah. it, it, it has an effect. And I think we can have our spruce goose essentially in digital perpetuity, which is great. And, 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 and Tyson and I were saying, you know, before, before this week, only one person ever really got to fly the spruce goose back November 2nd, uh, 1947. That was how it used. And now, starting with this week, anyone can. And what? Yeah. How great is that? Yeah, I mean that 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 is that is an amazing story. And again, it's available uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator available on PC and Xbox Game Pass. You can fly it on your console. You can fly it on your PC. Now you have for Tyson, who's been around the Spruce Goose for a while. It's like, yeah, maybe I'll go fly. So you can now fly helicopters <laughs> in flight sim, so you can scratch that itch uh, very cheaply, I might add. Um, so it's it's an opportunity there. Listen, Tyson, I want to take, I want to, first of all, thank you for joining us today on the show. And Jorg, it's, it's been always, my pleasure. It's always great to have you. The Spruce Goose and the, and, the, and the Microsoft Flight Simulator 40th anniversary edition available right now. So go download it. It's available as part of Game Pass. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. And uh, thank you again, Jorg, and, and especially Tyson, for preserving some, you know, some aviation history for everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. See thank you in you the so sky. Much.
All right. Well, thank you again to our special guests for taking the time to sit and chat. We always love hearing more about things going on in the world of Xbox. And also special thank you to Tyson Winart, who uh, took the time to be interviewed as well. Um, yeah. Such cool stuff happening down yeah, there in Oregon. Amazing, amazing, amazing museum down there. I mean, aviation museums are uh, incredible. Um, I don't know. You guys ever been to like the Smithsonian Aviation Museum in Washington? I have not. I have not, but I have a love hate relationship with planes, but flight sim has made endeared me so much. And that event uh, with, with the, the 40th anniversary, we got to send some creators down, including like some actual pilots down. So it's always really good when you kind of connect that, what, what but your, I've not your, been to any hate for planes. I mean, is it just scared? If you're afraid so, of flying? That's what it is. It's <laughs> not hate. Yeah. It's I love think. fear <laughs> relationship is a better way to put it. Yeah. Well, and, and to be fair, Malik, I mean, your, your concerns are not unfounded. Right. Yeah, you know, Here's I, I talk about this with Jeff a lot. Flying through the air at 500 miles an hour, it doesn't make any sense, but it works. <laughs> yeah, but but I talk about it with Jeff a lot in that, like, yeah, the odds of you getting into a plane uh, accident where you you know you don't make it are very very slim. But if you know if you if you're a part of that moment, you're very terrified. So that's right, more of what I'm afraid of. Are you are you continuing to make this dark? What are you you're bringing, you're bringing this? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's internal, internal darkness. Wow. <laughs> Malik anyway. is determined to bookend the pod with uh, sinister <laughs> behavior. Wow, that's wow. okay. That's okay. Yeah, evil, yeah. evil, evil vacuum, and now we're into that's right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll have <laughs> you right back on next week, Malik. I'll tell you that right away. <laughs> um, anyway, oh, man. Th- that's kind of what we got this week. Um, really appreciate, seriously though, Malik. Really appreciate you and, and Kelly joining us because you guys are such a great. You do such great work. You know, you're what I like to do on the show here is talk about some folks that are behind the scenes and Kelly, you've got a whole team over there that you work with on the games marketing side and Malik, you're working on creators. We'll get other people on it. And if possible, I know Malik, I'll definitely have you, you back on and Kelly. I'd love to have you back on as well. If you're interested. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Sorry if what you can that hear song? that noise, but <laughs> uh, hang on for the big reveal. Okay. I don't know. what we're I, love, to I love this, this part. Oh, Hey pal. Who's this? This is Jack. Um, we call it, he gets the meeps and, uh, you know, sometimes he just needs to be center of attention. So, okay, well, guess what? uh, there, there's Jack. Yeah. Have... We call it his meeps. Um, sometimes, you know, he just has to be a star of the show. Um, he's a 13 year old rescue dog and, um, he's spoiled rotten. So okay. yeah. I appreciate that. He makes that. appearances quite a bit in calls and streams. Well, we we are we are we are dog friendly on this podcast. We're cat friendly, dog friendly, we're animal friendly. So anytime that's it's right, not a pro- it's not a problem. Anytime he wants to come in, and he's welcome to. So uh, anyway, yes. All right, gang Kelly. Again, thank you for this, Malik. Thank you for you. All right there, pal. <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. Having we're falling apart for over here, Larry. <laughs> Nothing happened. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's definitely my goodbye. mic didn't break. Uh, we'll be back. I'll be back next week. Maybe these guys will be back. I don't know. We'll see. But um, thanks for downloading the show. Make sure you like and subscribe and do all those things that all those other folks want you to do. We love having you. Thank you for supporting Xbox. If you want to find everybody, uh, this this gang on social, just look at the bottom of the screen there. Kelly at Kelly Lombardi and of course Malik Prince at Malik Prince. So there you go, gang. All right, we'll see you guys later. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya.